This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 26, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. So-called Blaine Amendments were created to keep states from sending public funds to support typically Catholic education. And today those laws foil many efforts at giving parents more choice in education. Following the premiere of the Cato Institute film Live Free and Learn, Scholarship Tax Credits in New Hampshire, Dick Comer, a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice, described the history and trouble with Blaine Amendments. So you've got 38 states with Blaine Amendments that basically say no money shall be appropriated to the benefit of uh, sectarian schools. Um, that's the classic Blaine Amendment. And these, that, these emerged out of sort of anti-Catholic bias in yes, the 19th century, is that right? That's correct. I mean, as the country became more religiously diverse and the uh, monopoly of the Protestant majority over the public schools was challenged by the Catholics, um, the Catholics started setting up their own schools because the public schools as generically Protestant institutions were uh, inhospitable to Catholic immigrant children. There actually was an effort to proselytize the Catholic kids and turn them into good Protestants. So the Catholics set up their own schools and started demanding that the public school funds be split between the Protestant public schools and the um, uh, Catholic parochial schools. And in fact, um, this was very much the case in New Hampshire where um, the Catholic immigrants were coming from Quebec and from Ireland, both jurisdictions, uh, did in fact divide the school funds between Protestant and Catholic schools, and they were asking for the same thing here in the United States. And the, the response was immediate and unequivocal, which was, no, we're going to reserve all of the school funds for the Protestant public schools, and if you don't like it, you can go to your own schools, but not with any state funding. That's what the basic Blaine Amendment does. Now, the compelled support provisions are older. Um, there's about 27 of those. Some states have both. So you only have three states, Maine, Louisiana, and North Carolina, that have neither. And the compelled support clause just basically says that no person shall be compelled to support any church without his consent. Um, these were originally sort of disestablishment provisions in state constitutions uh, designed to eliminate the state religions because at the time of the, the founding, New England had established the Congregationalist Church for most of the New England states. The southern states had established the Anglican Church and everybody had to support those churches sometimes even attend those churches. Um, and these provisions were intended to eliminate established religion, but they have been construed occasionally by state Supreme Courts in much the same way as Blaine Amendments can be construed to prohibit any aid to religious schools. Now the problem for school choice programs under both is that School choice programs don't actually support or aid schools directly at all. They aid parents, and parents make the choice. And some states with good Blaine law 
interpret the provision to allow school choice programs. New York does. Um, Pennsylvania does. These are states that have Blaine amendments. Uh, Pennsylvania's got a compelled support clause. And states can misinterpret compelled support clauses to be hostile to school choice also, as the state of Vermont did. Um, so both of these sorts of provisions are subject to what I consider historical misinterpretations that serve to limit school choice programs. Properly construed, neither sort should, in fact, be interpreted to prohibit giving families a choice. Let, let me ask you, as a related matter, and maybe this will help clarify the issue for uh, some people who are uh, watching tonight, how is it that we have a GI Bill that allows yeah. uh, returning soldiers, soldiers who are receiving some education benefits, how are they then able to attend uh, religious uh, schools? Um, actually, because those were, um, that was a critical aspect that led the, the U.S. Supreme Court to interpret the Federal Establishment Clause to permit school choice programs. There's a direct link through the cases between the GI Bill program and the Nyquist case where they left a footnote saying it's, the GI Bill is not threatened by this decision. And the subsequent decision in Zellman versus Simmons-Harris in 2002 upholding the Cleveland School Choice Program. Basically, it's the same principle. If you can use the GI Bill at a religious or non-religious college, then you should be able to use a K-12 scholarship at a religious or non-religious school. Dick Comer is a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice. You can watch our film, Live Free and Learn, Scholarship Tax Credits in New Hampshire at our website, cato.org.